Books are mirrors. You only see in them what you already have inside of you. Carlos Ruiz. Hello and welcome back to the Turn Right Podcast. This is episode 83, my favorite books of all time. I have been thinking about recording this episode for quite some time, but I've been putting it off because I think to actually call out your favorite books of all time is a crazy task. There are so many different phases of your life and within different phases of your life, you like different books, you like different songs, you like different foods. And that's what's so cool about life. You can be in a totally different phase, you know, from year to year, from month to month, even from week to week. And you can experience so many different things and call them your favorites or or dislike something and then have it really grow on you. And I think that is so interesting. So whenever I came up with this list, I really wanted to think about books that stood the test of time. I was very hesitant to put anything on here that I've only read once. I was also hesitant to put things on here that I only read as a youth and not as an adult. I know that at one time in my life, I absolutely loved the Twilight books. I was staying up late, going to the midnight premiere. I bought all of the t-shirts, all of the posters, and I just was definitely a part of the fandom, you could say. As an adult, I reread um, the book from Edward's perspective, Midnight Sun. I just didn't like it, couldn't get into it. I only read a few chapters. I thought it was so cringe. That is so interesting to me how your tastes change from childhood to adulthood. I remember one of my English teachers always used to say in high school that when you read these books again as an adult, and she was referencing classic stories, you know, you're really going to get a different perspective on them. You're going to understand them in a different way that you never did before. And as I am, you know, slowly working through adulthood, I still sometimes don't really feel like an adult. Um, you know, I've understood what she's meant by that. I can honestly say, you know, I love John Green. His books are great. They're all super meaningful, great characters. But can I say that any of his books are my absolute favorite of all time? I don't think so. Some Nicholas Sparks books have made me downright sad. Um, I've cried my eyes out reading them, but are they my all-time favorite? Even though I felt such deep emotions while reading his work? No. And of course, I admire literary fiction like The Goldfinch, The Great Gatsby, and The Lord of the Flies. They're all so technically perfect, and they have such great themes that will undoubtedly stand the test of time. But again, are they really my favorite books? Probably not. And of course, there are stories from my youth like The Click and The Babysitter's Club that once were my world. I was really defined by these characters and these stories, but they haven't made the list either. So let's get into what books I think have really stood the test of time, at least up until this point in my life. Number one is Anne of Green Gables. I truly loved this story growing up. I love it now. I'm obsessed with the Netflix series. I think it's so well done. It's my favorite series I've ever watched on Netflix. I'm not a huge Netflixer, but I love Anne of Green Gables. And I love it for a couple of different reasons. First off, I see myself in Anne. Anne has red hair. I have strawberry blonde hair. She's always been somewhat of a misfit with a big imagination. And she's a very romantic young woman. And I can identify with all three of those qualities about her. About her. I love how intelligent she is. I love how charming she is. I love how much she cares about the world. I love her as a person. And she really comes alive for me on the pages. And I also can find myself in her. And when I can find myself in a character in a story, it's so exciting. And those stories stay with me forever. I can't always find myself in stories. You know, I don't see myself as Daisy from The Great Gatsby or Jordan 
or, you know, anyone from that story. I don't really see myself as Hermione in Harry Potter or Massey or Claire in The Click. But I see myself as Anne, like I said, because she's a misfit, she's imaginative, she loves to read and learn, and she has this great capacity for adventure and exploring. And I relate to all of those qualities that she has. I've read, I think, you know, all of the books in the series by um, Lucy Montgomery. You know, there are several books in the series, and I remember reading them actually at different points growing up even. I read them whenever I was younger, like, you know, late elementary school, early uh, middle school, and then I, I think I read them again in high school. So they've definitely stood the test of time for me, and watching the Netflix series has made me realize that. I also competed in forensics, which is public speaking and debate in high school, and I read one of the pieces from the novel um, as one of my competition pieces. So I definitely have always kept this story with me, and if I have children someday, I know I'll definitely read it to them. I think it's just a wholesome, great story. The prose is also really beautiful. You can just imagine the countryside of Nova Scotia, this beautiful farming town, and getting these dresses and wanting to have the puffed sleeves and all of the romantic quaint language that's used. It just definitely paints this picturesque world of the late 1800s. The second book on the list is Something Borrowed by Emily Giffen. I love this book. I've read it several times. It's definitely my favorite chick lit book of all time. Again, I find myself really resonating with the main character, Rachel. Rachel is this girl next door type. She's very intelligent. She's a lawyer and she's very successful. However, she's not happy. She is turning 30 and she does not have the life that she imagined she would have. By this age, she's very dedicated to her career, and that's something that I resonate a lot with. I feel very dedicated to my career. I do like the life that I have, but I don't think I'm a girl that's like all about marriage and kids, and I don't think Rachel is either. And I think that's really confusing for young women, especially at this time in our lives. But it's funny to me because I first read this book in high school, and I really resonated with it. It's like I always knew I was going to become Rachel. You know, I'll be 27 in August. I'm not married. Um, I do have a boyfriend, but marriage and kids, it really scares me if I'm being honest. And I see other people from my small town getting married and having kids. And Rachel was from a small town in Indiana and from the Midwest, again, where people get married very early on. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying I don't think that's for me. And I think I always found comfort in Rachel's character. Rachel also feels that she is very unlucky compared to her best friend Darcy. Rachel knows she has the brains to be ahead of Darcy, but somehow Darcy's beauty and luck has always overshadowed Rachel. And I know some people view this as a toxic friendship and a toxic way of looking at things. And I think those people are not understanding the story because yes, it is a POV character and POV characters can provide obfuscated perspectives to the story and they're not always right. But I think you're missing the point if you're thinking that. In my opinion, the point is Rachel needs to learn how to stand up for herself, realize her traits and the things that make her successful and use her intelligence to beat Darcy's beauty and luck and create her own path for herself and accept herself. Of course, it's not right that she sleeps with Dex, Darcy's fiance. I'm not justifying that. But I think it is unfair that Darcy has always needed to one-up Rachel 
and Rachel's just been kind of flattened by that. So the story is like an arc of Rachel taking back her life and really coming of age. I think it's a great story about female friendships. I think it's a great story about coming of age as a woman in society and the expectations of marriage, kids, how luck, beauty, and career success all play into that. And it's a very complicated story, even though it seems lighthearted and Rachel is borrowing her best friend's fiance and it's about an affair. And there's a lot of materialism in the book, but I think it's deep and I really resonate with Rachel as a character. So Something Borrowed is like my comfort fiction novel. The third book I kind of forgot about, but I was looking through my bookshelf and I was thinking of books that were really meaningful to me and books that I really enjoyed. And that was definitely The Paris Wife by Paula McLean. I've also read this book twice. And I love this book because it tells the story of the lost generation of writers from the perspective of Hadley, Ernest Heming one of Ernest Hemingway's wives. And, and I think it was really interesting how we see Hemingway and Fitzgerald and all these other writers through the perspective of this sort of discreet woman that's kind of in the background of things. So I think that's what makes the story really interesting to me. I find The Lost Generation really interesting and really romanticized, and I even have my own idea for a story that kind of incorporates all of them. But this book is historical fiction, and I think that again, it's just a really fascinating topic to me, which is why I listed it so high up, but it's also well done and a different perspective. You know, we're not just seeing things through Scott Fitzgerald's eyes or Hemingway's eyes or, you know, anyone else's eye or even Zelda Fitzgerald's eyes. I think by doing Hadley, it was, you know, not, a, not as expected. And as a result, the story really stuck with me. Next book on my list is The Help by Catherine Stockett. This book apparently was rejected from 60 different literary agents before it was published and went on to become a number one New York Times bestseller and a very big name movie. I think that gives a lot of people hope and desperation for their own novels. I love this story once again because I love the main character. I really relate to her. I've seen myself in the main character, Skeeter. Um, Skeeter is, once again, this sort of intellectual woman that's not really taking her place in society, and she has a bit of a turbulent relationship with her mother, which I felt the same way, and in some of their interactions, I saw myself and my own mother, um, you know, just the pressure of women, you know, wanting to look a certain way, and just feeling criticized uh, in your home life, and unfortunately, that's how I felt a lot growing up and I haven't been that close to my own mother so it feels really vulnerable to say that in a podcast and of course I love my mother dearly and I think we have a lot better relationship now but I think you know growing up in high school I definitely could see you know myself in this relationship and once again this story I've read it several times I read it first I think in, in early high school and I already related to um to these characters being older and kind of going through what I'm going through now. And it's weird because I feel like I still related to it in high school. And I think that was because I didn't have a boyfriend in high school. I wasn't going to the prom. I just wanted to read all the time. I cared about my studies. I was very driven and independent. Um, and I, I didn't care about social circles. I didn't care about boyfriends. And I still feel the same way now. Like, 
I, I want companionship. Don't get me wrong. I want someone to travel with. I want someone to love me, but I don't know that I care about the societal impact of marriage, of children, and all of that. So um, once again, I see myself in this character. I also just love the tone, the voice of the novel. It just, it cuts deep and I also think it's about an important topic. I know a lot of people criticize how it was done and the portrayal of people in the South, and I'm not going to get into that because I was not alive in the 1960s, so I can't say what's right, what's wrong. To me, I thought it was an eye-opening story, and I like the idea that, you know, um, there was a journalist who wanted to tell the stories of the help in the South and maybe it wasn't the right approach and we've all learned a lot since then and you know you can make various criticisms but for me I thought it was important and I was I was rooting for these people's stories to be told but I get that maybe maybe they should have been coming from Minnie and the other ladies and not from Skeeter I don't know but I do really love the story and it's funny it's it's about an important topic and the characters are really well done Finally, number five, I was really torn between this. I really had a hard time picking my fifth and final book on this on this list. Um, so I kind of wanted to flesh out my decision, my three-way tie. I am taking a cop out for this one. But like I said, I'm really hesitant to put something on here that I've only read once because I'm not sure if it will be able to stand the test of time like these other novels. So I have Me Before You, which I've actually read this story twice. I'm probably going to lean towards this one as my top choice. Um, I think Will and the main character, I can never remember the main character of Me Before You. I don't know why, um, but their love story is so compelling. It's so compelling how the author talks about the suffering that Will goes through and how she really paints him as a character. It's incredible. It will make you cry your eyes out. So their love story and Will as a character is just very compelling and the protagonist also has a really compelling backstory, and she's quirky and fun, and I also think the story is voicey and humorous, and it's just a very emotional, well-done book. Um, however, I don't see myself really in any of the characters, and I don't have like a super personal connection with it, so that's kind of why I think I was hesitant about putting it in um, my top listing. Secondly, there's The Girl on the Train thriller by Paula Hawkins. It really got me out of my reading slump. I was in like a two or three year reading slump where I was not reading very much. And after I read that book, I got back on the train, if you will. And I started reading a lot again. That story was just so fast paced, so twisty, great voice. And it just brought me back to reading. So I think it's definitely worth mentioning. I also felt a lot of empathy for the main character and her struggles with alcoholism. I loved how much detail Paula Hawkins put into the main character while also making it a thriller and super twisty and super fast-paced. So I thought the story was just really well done. And of course, I mean, it was a number one New York Times bestseller, hugely popular story. You know, we all know that this book is fantastic. And it's definitely my vote for my favorite thriller that I've ever read. But once again, I don't find anything like super personal or super meaningful in a connection with any of the characters. Or the theme of the story so again i think that's why i was hesitant and then we have people we meet on vacation by emily henry i read this last summer and i did feel more of a connection to the characters in this one especially alex nilson i feel like he is the closest character i've ever read to my boyfriend his quirkiness just the softness and the way he looks at the world and i can kind of see my boyfriend in alex nilson 
And it's funny because I was reading it and I was like, I'm in love with Alex Nilsson. I'm like, okay, that makes sense, right? So I think the story is just very cute and well done. I, I like the characters a lot. And I like the meaning of the story and how the protagonist is discovering herself through these trips. However, I only read the story once. I don't know if I read it again, but I think it's cheesier and more cliched because I know what's happening. And I feel like the second time you read a story is really the test of whether or not you liked it. So I was hesitant to put this story in there because of those reasons. But anyway, those are my five favorite books of all time, give or take a couple, if you will. Let me know what is your favorite book of all time. Can you possibly pick? If you can't pick, let me know your favorite genre by sounding off on this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying, and I will talk to you on our next road trip.